Repacks are evil. And you know what, guys? I'm going to fix them. I'm going to tell you how we're going to do it next. Hello, sports card investors, and welcome to another episode of Cards on the Table. Boy, do we have a juicy one today, because we have a big topic that has been circulating around the hobby. We've got some strong opinions, and I even know how I'm going to fix this one for the entire sports card hobby. You ready for this, Teapot? Yeah, I'm intrigued. You ready to go, Doug? I'm ready. Let's jump into it. So this all really kind of bubbled up about a week ago when Chaz Bledsnick from Blez Sports Cards, you guys know him as Blez, went on Instagram and really went on kind of a rant against repackers and and how they're hurting card shows because they're there buying cards at 90% or more of comps from people at card shows. I didn't quite understand why that was a bad thing for people going to card shows. He said that was a bad thing for people going to card shows. I didn't fully get that, but the greater point is around repacks and, and how fair they are. If they're buying cards at 90% and then they're reselling them to customers at an average value of 150%. Is that bad for the hobby? Is that hurting things? And then you had other people create reaction videos like uh, Northeast Ohio Sports Cards, uh, Neo. He posted a video where he's talking about how really maybe the core root of the problem is that right now boxes that you get from Tops and Panini don't offer a good return. And that's why people are going to repacks to begin with. And we've seen Dan the Cardman and Sports Card Nonsense and others all jump in on the discussion. So this is our opportunity for us to give our strong opinions. And it's also my opportunity to tell everyone how we're going to fix this thing, Teapot. Because I might just fix this thing. But let me start with you. What okay. do you feel about this whole yeah. topic and repacks? Are they, are they evil? I've been chewing on this for a few days. And repacks is nothing new. We've talked about repacks in the past. And are they evil or not? I think something really important, I want to go back to that podcast episode you and I did on the Jeff Wilson show, kind of talking about does the hobby need regulation? And I brought up a topic about the, ne the necessity of making critical distinctions of different things. You need to be able to decide is something illegal or immoral? That's the first bucket. The second maybe is it off-putting or problematic somehow, but it's not, you know, it's not in that first bucket. Or the last one, is it just not rub me well? Is it not my personal preference? Is it not my thing? Starting with the preference, the premise of Chad Blez's Blez's uh, video is that he didn't like the repacks because he can't go around the show floor and buy cards at 80% of comps when the repackers are buying at 85 or 90 plus percent of comps. That's personal preference. I mean, that's a free market dynamic that you that's, can't. That seems change. good to the hobby it's, for me. It's People not necessarily want to show up a bad and sell thing. Their cards at it's a keeping price. a lot of liquidity in into card shows and propping them up probably. Let's flip the other end where it's a scam. Now, if you're ripping people off with a bad sure. repack, with one hit card that may or may not even be in there, that type of, okay, that's easy. So swing to the middle and let's assume the repacks are well put together, they're healthy. Maybe they're problematic uh, because of that bigger issue that Neo brought up, which is wax just isn't that great of a value proposition now. Breakers are having a hard time filling breaks because people aren't getting a return and so they're not gonna keep coming back for more. It's not as fun as it used to be maybe. Certain products especially really aren't balanced out very well. So people are going to either exclusively to repacks because you just have a lower floor and maybe even a higher ceiling, or they're supplementing. Some of the breakers are supplementing their breaks with repacks as like a bonus hit. Uh, so that's, I think, kind of the dynamic there. So look, the hobby world has always been about these ebbs and flows, action, response, counter response, and that's going to continue to be the cycle. So if 
the manufacturers aren't selling their product, we'll see lower print runs again, maybe prices will come down, and then things will start to get back into equilibrium. This doesn't surprise me. I don't know, I don't have a particularly big problem with it, provided it's not scammy. Okay, all right, so he's a little more neutral on this. Are you neutral, dog, or you just wanna kill these things? I honestly could probably talk a solid 30 minutes or more about this, but I really wanna hear how you're going to fix it, and we're on the clock, so I'm not going to. Um, I, I think that people that charge way over comps and there's no transparency about the product, uh, I think that's scummy. I think that's terrible. I hate it. Um, I think if there's transparency, I think if you're close to comps and you know, if you can trust that person to actually have the hit in the product, then I don't think it's totally a bad thing. And I think it might even be a better proposition than opening wax. If they have 50 repacks, hundred repacks, and you know what the chase card is and there's a fixed price, that's probably a better percentage chance than going through tens of thousands of boxes of prism to find the hit that you're looking for right so you know there, there's there's definitely good ways to do it there's bad ways to do it overall if you make me just take a stance i'm going to say no to repacks but i want to hear how you're going to fix it well here's how i'm going to fix it. this whole thing has kind of inspired me to think about repacks in relation to our cards hq store that we're obviously opening up in january and i hadn't thought a lot about repacks but as i've heard all this commentary what i thought to myself is why not come out with the first completely fair to the consumer repack. Yep. And I think how you make repacks completely fair to the consumer is first of all, the repacks are priced at the average comp of all of the cards combined. So it's it's literally at comps that you're selling, not 150% of comps, but you're selling the repacks at comps. Second of all, you have a checklist of every single card that's possible to get in those repacks and you put that checklist inside every single box, maybe even with the comp of each card uh, when you pack the boxes so everyone can see it. And third of all, you have some type of third party certification that the cards are getting in the boxes and they're being randomized before they're given back to you. So you even take out the possibility of there being a missing card or a hit going to you know, the wrong person or, or, you know, whatever, because it's being third party certified. I think if you were to do those three things, you've got a real fair, honest product that provides a really good value for the customer and actually does provide a lot better value in most cases than, you know, than ripping, ripping wax for manufacturers. Right. Yeah. So are we going to do that at Cards HQ? I don't know, I, but I'm certainly intrigued to think about doing it now after kind of hearing all this conversation over the last week. I know we're out of time, but here's one little problem with including the full checklist. Once cards get hit, people know those are no longer available. And if a big card you have to goes sell early, them out. yeah. Yeah, you basically have to sell them out and yeah. then distribute. You know, that's the best yeah. way to do it. Yeah, but it's transparency. Yep. It's transparency. So that could happen. That's a same risk that wax. you take. Same, same, with it's same with wax. Same thing happens with wax. It is transparency. So. Don't be surprised if you see, you know, the world's first ultra fair, ultra transparent, re, you know, uh, uh, repack in the future of Cards HQ. I don't be surprised. It might, it might happen. And there are some repackers out there that are doing things the right way. I don't want to imply that there aren't other repackers that are pricing fairly and, and you know, including checklists because there are. There are others that are doing it as well. I think more transparency, the better in this regard. Pat Patrick Ryan sold some like bundled repack type things, some sort of mystery yeah. packs. And actually, I believe said, if you're not happy with what you get, I will give you your money. I've back. done the exact like same he, thing. He's, it was a great yeah. way for him to move inventory yeah. and, and share some stuff. That's, with you that's, yeah. that's another nice thing yeah. that could be done. Yeah. So all, all kinds of good ideas there. Okay, guys, this past weekend, Friday, Pristine Auction did their Black Friday promotion. Yeah. I went on there. I bought a little something. Ooh. I bought, it's not what you would expect. I didn't buy a sports car. They had all kinds of unbelievable sports cars. Great Black Friday deals. But something caught my eye, which was a sealed vinyl record 
from Walt Disney World, Disneyland, actually, back in 1964. It was the soundtrack to Small World. I was going to say, it's a Small World. record ever released from the theme park, and, I, and it was sealed. And I said, ooh, that could be a nice collector's item. So, so I picked that up from Pristine on Black Friday. There's a lot of other cool items that are going up starting tomorrow with their new Elite auction that they're about to kick off starting tomorrow, including a Michael Jordan signed basketball with one of the biggest silver ink Michael Jordan signatures you will ever see. So, so take a look for that. What do you have your eye on? Christian McCaffrey, he's hot right now. He's very hot. He's in the MVP conversation. Probably not going to win it because he's a running back, but there's a 2020 National Treasures NFL Shield. Ooh, uh, one of one. That's so it's a not, it's not a rookie, but it's a 2021 yeah, one shield. That is a big card. How about you, Doug? So I've been looking at the upcoming Elite Auction, and I found a Devin Booker 2015 Prism Auto, mm. but it is an in-person on-card auto, which oh, okay. might be the only way I'm ever going to get my hands right. on a Devin Booker rookie auto, but I need one in my collection really badly. It's authenticated and graded a 10, so that's what I'm going after. Okay. Yep. All of these items plus a ton more are on Pristine Auction. That Elite Auction starts tomorrow. But there's tons of items up for auction right now, and we're going to give you $10 free in your account to go after these items when you register at pristineauction.com. All you have to do is use registration code SCI, promo code SCI when you register for $10 free at pristineauction.com. Okay, this last weekend, Teapot, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, you did a data dive video where you talked about some of your favorite cards I did. from your personal collection. How, how, did, how did it feel to do that and share a little love with your cards. It's good. I mean, you know, look, we're a sports card investor and we get, you know, accused of not caring about the I have a huge collection. I do more collecting than selling, much to my wife's chagrin. So, uh, you know, I, you said it a couple weeks ago, I have an eclectic collection and I was just showing some of those things off. I, some of my favorite stuff, my Drummond one of ones for my rainbows is gold prism. Uh, my Kobe finest airs gold refractor and a lot of other nineties stuff until now. So, it was fun. You can see his collection on the Market Movers YouTube channel, video this past Sunday. Very, very nice. But this inspired Doug and I to bring in a few cards from yeah. our own PC to share with you guys right now. What, what do you have today, Doug? A card that I had my eye on for years and was completely unattainable due to prices, but it's actually become realistic now. I've got an Anthony Davis ah, Prism rookie auto. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, one of the best Wildcats ever in terms of just one season as a freshman he did everything you could possibly do one of my favorite products of all time is 2019 finest uefa uh in this erling harlan early i almost butchered the name harlan yeah harlan this erling holland card kind of embodies that entire product for me that's nice um, jared lorenzen big guy one of my favorite kentucky yep. players of all time yep. a gold jared lorenzen in the kentucky uniform this is a gift it is a tayshawn prince rookie auto nice. from a wonderful tops chrome yes. set yes. um Anything that's a gift to me is also is pretty important for my PC, so that's a gift. This next one is a gift. I've got a pretty substantial Wandale Robinson collection. A lot of them are actually at PSA right now, but this one, this rookie auto, was a gift. This is not a super rare or unique card, this Bo Jackson, but for my birthday, I was gifted the oh, matching Beckett. Oh, check that out. So I do this a lot with comics. I actually yeah. collect comic books that are slabbed with the comic card that matches it. Um, but I was gifted this Beckett to match this bow. And That's this super cool. Pretty sweet one, yeah. That is super cool. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing, Doug. I yeah. like all that. I brought, let's see here. I brought my nice little Zion, Zion case here to get a couple of things out of for, for you. 
since you brought some some you know Kentucky guys. Yeah, uh, I imagine Coda, it's Coda's two one nine. I imagine I mean, this is Florida heavy. I mean, we got a little little Tim Tebow in here. You know, I brought a little stack. I'm only gonna show a few of these because of time, but his precious metal gems. Yeah, those are those are really really cool. In fact, Teapot, you helped me find one of those at a sure card show. Yeah, uh, his jambalaya. I know jambalaya is your favorite dog, it is and that's not a my jambalaya favorite. Tebow. That's like the ultimate combo for you. His flare <laughs> showcase, gold refractor. Let me let me zo- let me zoom down here. To this guy that's really cool that's his that's his one of one kaboom so yeah. that you know the only tim tebow kaboom in existence was from when he was playing baseball uh in 2018 kaboom and that was the one of one the green yeah. one of one that's so a that, pretty sweet piece that's an awesome one I'll, I'll maybe end on the emmett tebow dual auto but since i still got a few seconds left i'm going to zoom over real quick to michael jordan which i know the audience might be a little more interested in than tim tebow because I have been collecting on-card Jordan autographs from the 1980s. Mm-hmm. So a few that I just picked up here in the last couple of we- uh, last couple of weeks, maybe last couple of months. His 89 Fleer sticker, autoed silver ink. His 88, this is one of my favorite Jordan awesome. cards of all time. Yeah. The 88 Fleer All-Star, really nice auto. Actually, highest grade in existence of that card. Nice. Uh, in a 9 with a 10 auto. And then from the star set from 1984-85 star, his uh, 1984 gold medalist uh, with an on-card auto from when he was on the 84 USA basketball team. Awesome. So, yeah, a couple, couple of nice ones. I'm proud there. of you for not putting your own card in there. Yeah, well. No Jeff Wilson card. I do have one of those in my collection. Uh, anyway, that's, uh, th- those are our PC cards. Tell us what your favorite PC cards are in the chat or in the comments, rather. We'd love to hear from you on that fact. And... Uh, you know, as you as you have cards like these, Teapot, it's very important to protect them protect well. I want to show you guys a couple of things that BCW, our official supply partner, has going on. So first of all, BCW, you guys know card sleeves, penny sleeves, yeah. right? These are, these are you know these are you need these. You need a big style of these. I want you to feel the thickness yep. of these BCW. I ones. just noted that a few days ago. They are yeah. the BCW card sleeves are thicker, yet they're still crystal clear than any of the other card sleeves out there. Those are, those are really, really awesome. One thing I love about the magnetic card holders from BCW is that they include the card thickness guide. Yeah, that is, that's key. It's super helpful because, and they, and they make these, by the way, these I think they make in seven different thicknesses. The top loaders, they make even, even more different thicknesses. Um, but that's always nice. Yep. And, and uh, if you don't have one of these uh, BCW uh, thickness guides yourself, they actually have one on their website, bcwsupplies.com, that you can download. Yep. Get the thickness guide right there. UV protection. UV protection, which is also really, really cool. And then, of course, their top loaders also right there have the little thickness guide as well, which is super helpful. They've got these top loaders available in, in uh, what, nine different sizes. So a lot of really, really quality products here from BCW. And probably the most exciting thing is that BCW is giving our audience 10% off all of these supplies plus everything they sell at bcwsupplies.com when you use promo code SCI when you check out. So there you go, bcwsupplies.com, promo code SCI, 10% off your whole entire BCW supply order. Okay, let's get into a couple of mailbag topics. These were suggested by viewers of the show on Inst- on YouTube after uh, the last YouTube show, Eric Clegg said that there are crazy insert prices right now and he doesn't understand it. For example, Panini case hits like Downtowns and kabooms and colored plasts are very expensive, but tops case hits like tops chrome ultraviolet all stars or Bowman chrome uh, ascensions and stadium club instavision. I know you're a stadium club guy. These don't sell nearly for the same price. Why is this? 
and will the market ever correct? Your thoughts, Teapot? Okay, so I did a little research. The ultraviolet all-stars aren't particularly rare. There have been 240 J-Rod sales in the last four months of that card. Uh, the Bowman Chrome Ascensions aren't that rare in the base version. There are numbered ones. The Michael Harris and the Bobby Witt Juniors did 600-ish each, the one-of-ones, when those sold, which isn't a bad price. There are several things that matter for an insert to have value. You gotta have rarity. You gotta have uniqueness, some kind of je ne sais quoi, lineage, eye appeal. The player checklist matters, and then awareness matters as well. People need to know the card exists. A really good example, Topps Chrome came out with those hidden gems this year. They're rumored to be a one in 76,000 packs to hit them. There have been four Francisco Lindor sales of those since that product came out, just four, that have sold 90 to $125. Typically a card that insanely rare would sell for more than that on a short checklist of just five players, but I don't think people even really know about that card. It's like an Easter egg in the product. Um, Tops has been stepping up their insert game more and more. I'm gonna be really curious. I think baseball collectors in general don't gravitate to inserts as much as basketball and football collectors. So once we have the shift and the takeover, that's when I'll be really curious. The other thing though is Prism's a really expensive product. It's like five times as much as Topps Chrome. So when you have a higher print run or something else and a more premium product plus a case hit, it makes sense that a higher, you know, higher cost product plus rarity would be more expensive. Plus Panini ones just look better in most cases. All fair points. What are your thoughts, Doug? He covered every bullet that I wanted to cover. Yes. Um, basically, it comes down to a couple of things for me. One is eye appeal. I think Panini does inserts better. The ones that were named here were Downtown, Color Blast, uh, and Kaboom. And right. I think those look better than anything on the top side, personally. And that's, again, personal preference. Um, and I think, you know, what you mentioned about price is a really good point that I hadn't thought of when the product is more expensive than the hits should correlate, right? And I think that the baseball audience on the top side is a bit more of a traditional audience. I think baseball card collecting is a bit more of a traditional hobby than ultra-modern football and basketball, which might go, you know, more towards the flashy stuff, right? And, you know, there's a couple different ways to look at it, but I think ultimately what it comes down to is eye appeal and tradition for me, and that's what it's all about. I think that's fair. Yeah, and it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the future. Yeah. You know, Tops will eventually be making football cards. They're eventually going to be making basketball cards. And Tops hired a lot, Fanatics, yeah. I guess, hired a lot of the yeah. key designers from Panini. Which is why I think they're Fanatics. getting better already. Yeah. yeah. You know, so they're working on improving the inserts. So it, it may change. You may see the inserts in the future being a lot more sought after and valuable in the Tops products, just like they are today in the Panini products. Be interesting to watch. Another one of our viewers on Instagram, Easy Easton on Instagram, said, here's another thing that doesn't make sense. How come Gold's number to 10 outsell Green's numbered to five. Can you can you explain to me what's going on here, T-Pop? Similar story, right? I appeals the name of the game. Look, golds look good in basically any team. In the white jersey, in the away jersey, in the home jersey, gold just looks really good. Green looks good with very few teams. Uh, another reason is the serial number is close enough that they're just rare. You might only see a few golds of a player come up in the year. You might see one or two of the greens come up in the same year. For all intents and purposes, five versus 10 isn't a huge difference. It's a much smaller difference in perception than five versus one of one, which is a big, big difference. Gold has lineage uh, in terms of the products. You just see golds year over year. Gold is also equated with rarity and value in our minds. People don't hedge against inflation and a poor stock market with like emerald gemstones and jades. They go buy gold, right? Uh, serial number also doesn't mean everything. In the last year, the Luca Prism rookie that has sold the most was his blue ice to 99, which is a color match sold for $24,000 on September 6th. 
that's more than the white sparkle and the tiger stripe short, super short prints, the Mojo to 25, and it's more than double the fast break bronze to 20, which sold for just 10K. So there's a big difference in terms of perception and eye appeal and all of those types of things. Um, big lesson too is not all serial numbered cards are, are valuable. Just they're not. You did a video on the Market Movers channel about that. Yeah. Thoughts from you. Outside of color matches, green just isn't super popular. Yeah. And I 100% agree with what you said about gold. You know, just the word gold, that's synonymous with rarity and with value, right? And when you look at something that's serial numbered out of 10, a base gold, I'm not talking about gold shimmer or gold disco. When we're talking about base gold numbered out of 10, that's more rare than one of ones for a lot of guys. You know, take a select football product where the guy has 30 something one of ones in there. Might, he's still only going to have 10 of those base golds. So in some cases, that's even more desirable, right? Um, also, I think that greens aren't always rare because there's greens that are just standard yep. retail parallels. Yeah. Yeah. You can find unnumbered greens all yeah. day long Prism. on products Prism like Prism and Mosaic. Which maybe waters down the greens that are numbered yeah. five. Yeah. So just your perception of green might be watered down because they're so common in so many other products. It's a retail common parallel for so many different things. So, um, you know, gold is always gold, but green's not always green, if you know what I mean. So, so take one of your PC guys. Yeah. Would you rather have a gold out of 10, or like Jared Lorenzen, yeah. here we go. Would okay. you rather have a gold out of 10, Jared Lorenzen rookie, or a green out of five? Gold all day, okay. yeah, all it's right. not, not even close. All right, debate settled, there you go. That's why you got your answer now. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did, please give it a like, please give us a subscribe. Give us questions for next episode in the YouTube comments and BCW supplies 10% off with promo code SCI and pristineauction.com. Get your $10 in free credit at pristineauction.com with promo code SCI. We appreciate you watching. See you next time. Take care.